Welcome to this week's MTD podcast. In this podcast, we will be discussing the complete automated solution. What does that mean? What does it entail? I'm Giovanni Albanese hosting today's show, a passionate engineer and a proud member of the MTD team. We have the pleasure to be joined today by Martin and Ashley Page from Hydrofeed. Martin is a true ambassador for automation and the managing director of Hydrofeed UK. He's had nearly 37 years experience in engineering just at Hydrofeed. Ashley is the sales director for Hydrofeed, a true advocate for automation and has been responsible for pushing the latest robo job technology into the UK market and is certainly doing a fantastic job. Welcome, gents. Thanks, yeah. Thanks, yeah. yeah. Quite an introduction. Let's hope we live up to it. <laughs> it's been a pleasure to have you on, guys. Today, we also have the pleasure to be joined by the one, the only, our very own Swarf Guru, uh, Mr. <laughs> Joe Reynolds, a dedicated engineer with over 25 years' experience. So, welcome, Joe. Hi, guys. Hey. So, welcome, welcome guys. And uh, I just want to start really by saying, you know, obviously, we're in this this current climate with COVID-19. We're all all working and doing this podcast remotely, uh, me and Joe from our homes. Martin and Ashley, I believe you're at your manufacturing facility. Yes, correct. Yes. How have you been finding it, guys? Much the same as everybody else has, Gio, really. I mean, it's a, it's a difficult it's a difficult thing to juggle because clearly we have customers that are picking up uh, NHS work. We have existing customers who, as a second-tier supplier to some of the more um, needy industries, are still needing our parts. Um, and at the beginning of last week, we thought, well, maybe we'll need to wind down a bit, but we haven't. We've quite the contrary, really. We've brought people back, and we propose to do the same again next week. We're reviewing it as we go along. We are surrounded by a wonderful team of people here that, as long as we're not breaking any laws as far as the government legislation goes, are happy to do as we ask them and they fully understand. But at the moment, we're producing parts on our subcontract side of the business. We are able to build, deliver and install, Um, albeit that it's difficult sometimes at the other end with customers not wanting us to go in and do service work that breaks down. But we're here. We're we're doing our best and we will bring our staff back as we see the workload increase and we will increase our staff load accordingly. Yeah, that's fantastic news. Absolutely brilliant news, really. Very, very positive. Um, Joe, have you been hearing a lot of stories similar, haven't you? Yeah, it's remarkable how many people are busy. Obviously, we can. it's quite easy to get down in the dumps about what's going on. Obviously, domestically, in our home lives, it's not fantastic at all. But you know, we will manufacture a way out of this trouble, um, regardless of how long it goes on for. It's what we're good at. Uh, and you know, I've got a number of friends in this industry, and, and they're still remarkably busy. Even people who aren't doing NHS work, okay, how long will that go on for? Nobody knows. But as, a, as it stands, it's, it's nowhere near as bad as people may lead you to believe, I, I don't think. Yeah, I think it's uh, it's certainly fa- overwhelming, really. It's absolutely brilliant, I believe, the, the, the way in which the manufacturing industry is really pulling together. Uh, and, and it's quite heartwarming, really, just to see it, how everyone's manufacturing these parts, you know, from small end users to, to big, large manufacturing organisations. And, and one of the 
examples I seen um, was at Icebec. Um, Ashley, we were there last year um, reviewing the robo job um, technology that it just invested in at, at the time, um, and Paul done a daily news with uh, Darren. Um, and at the time, he wasn't producing NHS parts, but days later, he's actually running NHS parts 24-7. You know, it, it, it's a perfect example, really, of the kind of solutions that you're currently bringing into the marketplace, Ashley. Yeah, definitely. I, I think for Darren in particular, um, the automation has enabled him to, to, to react quickly um, to fluctuations in demand, as, as we refer to it a lot. So because he has got the equipment there ready to go, ready and waiting, he doesn't have to um, plan as much as, as, as he originally would, maybe with or without the automation. So without the automation. So, yeah, it, it's, it's really enabled him um, to, to, to react quickly and throw onto the machine what he has. I think it's a real eye-opener, really, though, as well, for people that didn't um, – invest in automation prior to this occurring you know um it, it really goes to show the value of automation in situations like this and i think during this time it's a perfect opportunity for people to learn to re-educate themselves to look at the latest technology that is available and for how they can introduce it into their facilities when we come out of the other end which hopefully let, let's not forget we will come out of the other end. We've just got to remain positive and get through this. This is not going to be um, forever. Mm. Yeah, and, and and I think perhaps possibly the guys at high spec might not have been able to fulfil the requirements of of the NHS work if if they didn't have that automation. I think you I think you're right, Jim. Yeah, no, I, I, absolutely. I think that it will become a necessity even more so when we get out of this. Um, situation i just thought i just thought it's an absolutely fantastic story you know when 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 it's so critical to make parts quickly um at, at a faster rate especially for critical parts like the ventilator pipes are now automated automation sorry is absolutely key yeah yeah and i, I think the other I, thing I that, we, that we need to consider um geo is the fact that although high spec are doing a, an absolutely remarkable job the, our other automation customers are possibly doing it equally as important work. So high spec are um, possibly a tip of the iceberg. These people that have invested in automation are clearly able to do exactly as Ashley said, and I would quite expect those people to be able to react as quick as Darren has at high spec. So it, it's it's encouraging to know that what we're doing here at Hydrofeed in terms of automation uh, is helping. I mean, we, 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 don't, we don't want to appear to be profiteering out of this in any shape or form, but it's great to see that what the UK had embraced prior to this COVID-19 is now playing its part in helping us through. And as you quite rightly say, we will come through it and the quicker we can get these parts, the quicker we're going to come through the other end. And it really does make all of us proud to be part of doing our little bit for the benefit of all. Uh, it's, it's, it's really quite quite encouraging. No, absolutely. I mean, Joe, you, you've been looking at a lot of automated solutions recently. Um, have you got any other thoughts on some of the automation solutions that Hydrofeed offer? Mm. Well, it's... You know, if we look at, I just want to go back a stage, if I may, which 
if, if you go on LinkedIn, there is dozens, if not hundreds of companies that are doing things, uh, making parts for this sector, uh, the, the current COVID-19 issue, the ventilators. And, and one thing they, I thought that pretty much all of them, they're either printing something, which is great, 3D printing, or their machines are highly automated. It may be a sliding head lathe, or it may be a palletized machine. It's not always hydrofeed, unfortunately, for you gents, but the, the vast majority of people doing these work are on multi-pallet machines where there's no human intervention. And, and I don't think that's a coincidence. I, I do genuinely think it's a necessity. No, I, I couldn't agree with you more, Joe. And I think that going back to what I said before, people really should be looking at, I mean, the only thing that is, certain is change change is the only certainty that we all have um, and and i believe that this really kind of addresses technology in a big big way people maybe didn't have the luxury to be able to sit back and look at some of the latest technology that is available um, until now so this is a great opportunity really for companies to look at their processes look at how they were manufacturing components uh, and look at the way in which they can improve their current processes that we get out of the other end the people that may not be familiar with all of the products that hydrofeed offer can you just give us a brief um, overview uh, martin of the portfolio that you offer and can you just give us a little bit of a brief overview about how you started let me just go back to joe's point if i may um i i, I appreciate that the Automation isn't always ours. We're clearly not able to supply every level of automation, uh, and we understand that, and we have no desire to. We know we know our limitations, and we know where we want to be. We have a, a very clear vision here at Hydrofeed, but the common denomination is that those companies here in the UK that Joe and Geo and the rest of the MTD CNC team have recognized are the ones that are flying the flag for the UK and are doing well and are more than likely to come out the other end of it. And that's an, in, an interesting link between your own comment and Joe's comment there, because as you quite rightly said, Gio, um, a, f- a number of years ago, our customers didn't have this option to look for different levels of automation. And, and, and we've been, we, we at Hydrofeed have been fortunate enough to be dealing with the same OEM machine tool companies for the best part of 25 or so years. And we've seen those customers' machine tools grow uh, and with it the speed and the intricacies and the machine tools now, rather than just cutting apart, will clean apart, will load apart, will tell the to adjust its own offsets. They've, they've grown to be something far more than just a metal cutting piece of equipment. And companies like ourselves, like Hydrofeed, it's been very important that we've grown with them. Had we not, I, I don't think we'd still be supplying those same companies. Where we were supplying single spindle twin axis machines 20 years ago, we now have to offer an automation process that will complement twin turret, twin spindle machines, hybridized type machinery. And the company has had to evolve and metamorphosize to to enable us to do that. Therefore, our range of equipment that we now offer, where we were originally offering an electro-pneumatic type short magazine bar feed, we're now doing the robots, which, as you quite rightly say, Ashley has been the turn to ambassador here in the UK 
to help most of the companies that need any assistance. We've seen the need for the long magazine bar feeds that we now offer. They're wonderfully innovative. They're not our own. We import them from Italy, but they do complement and reduce downtime on machine tools, which is why Hydrofeed were happy to hang our hat on it. And we we visited the company to, to see the type of quality that, that, that they were manufactured to. Simple things like our small external conveyors, it's a low-level standalone piece of equipment, but it allows machine tools to be able to be run an awful lot longer unmanned and in so doing increase the efficiencies of that company and that machine tool. Years and years ago, those weren't the considerations, but a man's time has now become the singularly most expensive commodity associated with the manufacture of parts. And if you can reduce that, the company becomes more efficient, grows, and, and the rest hopefully will become history. Martin, that's for some absolutely fantastic points that you've you've made there. And I think that talking about the evolution of hydrofeed and, and going back to the bar feeder days when it was just bar feeders, it's, it's, it's a great example of how not just your company has evolved, but automation has evolved within um, the engineering industry and the, the, the companies that you visit. And what I'm trying to say by that is, is when I used to visit companies on a daily basis, most companies that had a lathe would have a bar feeder, which is automation. And if they had a sliding head machine, they would all have a, a bar feeder. And, and, and they would just pick a machine and then pick the automation solution with it when it was when it was a lathe and if they needed to do higher volume work in it for certain examples however with the uh with everything changes new technologies coming out such as the robo job and, and and you know i'll bring the trip to belgium in new technologies are now available to automate three axis machines fifth axis machines and not just for higher volume work but for lower volume work Two, this is really a big game changer uh, within the manufacturing um, sector. Um, but I still believe, and, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, there's still big barriers to entry that need to be broken down. Some people, for whatever reason, just don't get it yet. What do you think about that? Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I think in, in the past we've seen uh, forms of established automation. So as you say, you don't really think of a bar feed as as automation uh, because, as you say, it's been around for such a long time that it, it it's almost a, a taken. And, um, and and when you think of a, a robot or I mean a pallet loader, you can also think of, in that terms of um, a bar feed in that case. But the the robotics is certainly something which has a different emphasis, maybe that we have to break down as a barrier to entry and show that robotics isn't maybe. What it used to be, as you say earlier before, Gio, the, the, one of the things which is a definite is things will change, things will evolve, things will get better. And that's where we are with the robotics now. It's easy to use, it's quick, it's flexible, um, it's aimed, a lot of the products that we do in particular are aimed at your high-mix, low-volume batches. So it, it, for, for, that, for automation to be successful in that environment in in it has to be easy to use flexible it has to be at the right price it, it needs to be uh, of a certain quality so to go back to your original question of of breaking down those um concepts or, or, or uh, where people are maybe afraid of robotics 
it certainly does take a lot longer sometimes for us to actually get people over the line. But if we can show them, if, if we can illustrate to them the simplicity of it, I think that's the key. So people want to have simple and easy. Um, and, and, and that's what we hope we're able to provide. Do you think it's a mindset thing, Ashley? Do you think that you know um, people take it as 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 that that's how it is with a with a sliding head? It's got to come with a, a bar feeder. That it, that is just how it is now. It's a complete solution. It's not separate. So the machine tool and the automation is not separate. Do you think that needs to be the mindset for all milling machines as well? When they buy a milling machine, it needs to there needs to be a form of automation that goes with that machine whether whether you're doing high volume low volume regardless you know people need to look at purchasing um strategies differently now and the consideration for automation has, has got to be as important as the machine tool itself yeah definitely whether or not i think we see in the uk whether or not you're making your own product or you're a subcontractor they're the two splits that we see in the uk and whether or not, as Martin referred to earlier, I might go and see a customer and they might have a di- different variations in their products and, and it's a similar product, same family of parts, nice batch sizes, or they might have their ones and twos and threes. And I'm able to advise them in the correct way. And, and if it isn't for us and if it isn't in our ball game, and there is a better option out there, we'll, I will always be honest and say, this is, this is probably your better route. But... We will always find that, for example, somebody might want a a tombstone type machine where you you can't reach certain faces possibly or you can't get that that sixth face where you need to turn the components over. Um, That's where the robots are enable a bit more flexibility going forward. And it's always about what the customer requires. Um, So, yeah, people do see sliding head lathes and a bar feed as 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 a package you're quite right. You wouldn't really see them see them apart. And for us to break down the ethos that you buy just a miller machine and have a man standing at it, yeah, that is certainly something that we need to say. Well, the robot keeps the machine running. The man will just set it. So the repeatable tasks are, are completed by the robot, and and the setting is just done by a, a skilled man. That's a brilliant analogy yeah. to use. Now, now, Joe, Joe, you you made a statement um, on one of the Swarf and Chip shows that I had the pleasure of joining you on, and and you said that you know that there's a massive misconception about low volume work, but you said that every time I go and visit a company where they're doing low volume work and they're automating it, they're the ones that are making the most profit. Well, yeah, I think my words were, if you're automating low volumes, it's those with the Ferraris and the, and the Bentley sat outside. And, and it is true. It, it is true. And it's almost common sense. I'm not doing engineers a mis, mis, uh, misjustice here. They're, they're very clever people. You know, I wouldn't be any good on a machine anymore. But, you know, sometimes you do look at it and, you you know, you ask them how busy they are. And they say, yeah, we're ex- extraordinarily busy. You know, I've got Jeff working on Saturday as well now. Oh, okay. So, Jeff's doing a 50-hour week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that, that's how busy we are. Well, do you realize there's 168 hours in a week and Jeff's working 60? What are you doing with the other 100? And when, when, mm. you, when, you, talk, when you mention that to people, they don't, sometimes they don't get it. They just don't get it. And, and, the, and if they do get it, the comeback is, yeah, but we don't do thousands. We do 50, 60, 100 off. Better still. You know, the, the money, I genuinely feel 
Um, unless, unless they're very complicated parts, the money is in automated, like, like Ashley said, high mix, high, high mix, high value components. Yeah, no, absolutely, Joe. I think by the lower the volume, the, the more expensive the parts will be. Um, now, in, in regards to, uh, I think it all, well, let me go back. I think it all boils down to education, surely. Now, you know, people need to, If, in my opinion, and the experience I've had in the past when I visited clients, if they didn't have confidence in a, in a product, whether that be automation or whatever it is, they wouldn't invest in it because they didn't believe in it. So when education, it's about educating the potential customer into whatever we're looking to uh, sell them to improve um, their, their current processes. What advice would you have in regards to um, someone that may be worried um, about introducing automation just because he is he, scared of how complex it may be or he might be scared of the programming? What do you come across this, Martin or Ashley? Yes, we do. And it's interesting what Joe said a moment ago. The the, uh, the barriers that are in place are exactly as Joe described. You know that those those companies that have got sixty hours and they're paying somebody double time on a on a Saturday to come in. What are they doing with the uh, hundreds of other hours during that week? When us, for instance, I mean, I'm not professing that we do it all the while every week but certainly what we do is with our robots downstairs is we we pay somebody um, a, a bonus to come in on a Friday night or a Saturday morning to load the thing up and then on occasion we can run that robot all weekend for around about 30 to 50 pounds depending upon which man comes in and how far he comes from if it's just a question of taking parts off and loading all, all the work on, you're getting another 30 hours out of it for about £50. Pounds. It's those kind of uh, barriers that need to be broken down. And once they are, and people become aware of that uh, wonderful gain that they can have, then you, they, we, we, we quite often see people with that, that eureka moment. We've now found the innovative companies that, and the quick uptakers that wanted to take this. And Ashley now has good referral companies that he can take people to, such as Darren at Highspec. He's really embraced it, as have many, many other of our companies that we've supplied. So it is a bit of a slow slog to get there. But once Ashley has sat down with them and said, look, okay, if you run three hours a night for five nights a week, you do that over a period of a year or so, you're going to get around about 600 extra hours production unmanned and suddenly you'll see the people that make the commercial decisions in the company have that eureka moment then equally so it will open itself up to the production engineers on the shop floor ashley can then go in and show these people how simple these robots that we supply are to program none of the operators need any previous robotic experience and the, the, the two sides of the business are suddenly running in very, very, very happy parallel. The commercial man's happy because he's getting unmanned running time. The production engineer releases his staff to do a little bit more work. And as, as you've seen, Joe, those companies that have invested in it have, have, have flourished from that investment. Joe? 
Yeah, yeah. It's to be honest, you're, you're pushing on an open door with me. I, I, if I had a machine shop, I'd be the one that sat at home in my beer garden with my robots doing my work for me. Maybe that's because <laughs> maybe because that, maybe I'm lazy. I'm not sure. But no, no. Joking, joking aside, we won't comment it, on that. <laughs> <laughs> but but no, joking aside, to engineers listening to this, you know, there's there's eight thousand seven hundred and sixty hours in a year and i can guarantee you're not running all of those because one of those mm. is christmas day one of those is easter sunday mm. so you know you, you haven't got human beings in there those hours so please do look at automation you know it's a i don't like saying no-brainer because you know everyone's got their own mm. commercial restraints and padlocks within the business but it should be a way to embrace automation if you can't you know sometimes there's an argument you're buying that extra machine tool and you're only working one you know how many times do you go and see a new VMC when they're only working a one shift pattern? It just mm. doesn't make sense. Yeah, definitely. We have a we have a customer in in Scotland, um, Omnitool. He did come in over Christmas, loaded his machine up, and Ashley has been up there with. Well, you you explain. You you, you went up there and visited him and take it and took prospective customers of ours to, to look to buy another robot, and it benefited Omnitool on site, didn't it? Mm. Yeah, so, so um, went went took um, some customers that were interested to see how they used it, and, and mostly I, I think it's people's questions are that how, how to use it, because if I've got a job that's stainless steel or Inconel and, and, and I have to change a tip every every four parts how am i going to execute it and how am i possibly going to get those running hours in the day so that it's a lot of questions like that that you get thrown at you so that that was in particular why they came to see but what they saw at omnitool was again with the more capable machines where you have things like sister tooling you you you, you have um probing it in cycle where you can show where your updates and offsets can, can be configured so it, it it's it depends upon obviously from machine to machine of what you're making and what it's from. Um, but certainly as Martin mentions that the guys up in Scotland were able, had, had lots of hidden benefits such as, uh, as Martin says, just four or five hours here and there by the end of the month, by the end of the quarter soon added up to seven or eight days additional capacity that opened their capacity. And they actually found that, that there are successful very successful subcontractor and it relieved them in many areas where they were at the, the limit of their capacity. And because of that, they were able to take on additional work, weren't they? And the customers that you took up there, in actual fact, offered them offered them for the ability to, to price some work, did they not? Yeah, yes. Mm. So there's but benefits it's, it's to be great. had all round by embracing this automation that's currently available. Not, not, not only robots, as you inferred earlier, you know, the, the bar feeds... We 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 many we're becoming project driven here at Hydrofeed to some extent. We're we're now exporting to Australia a, a, a shaft loading project where we're loading on head one and we're unloading on head two, and those parts are dropped into a bin and the bin is trolled away and another one's put in. It sounds a little bit agricultural, and it possibly the components are, but nevertheless. The common thread is that this person through our agent in Australia can now run unmanned um and, and it's a it's a it's a it's a wonderful thing that we're, we're becoming involved in when we get projects on we've got people around the 
around the uh, around our company now that that, that are that are working on that. No, I think it's uh, it's it's great to hear some of them them special applications that you're working on, uh, Martin and Ashley. And I think some of the the the, the, the ink canals and the odd materials, the ones, the components that you ne- wouldn't necessarily associate with automation due to tool wear, etc. Mm. And now you overcome obstacles like that. It, it's great to hear. And I know that. Uh, Returns of investment would be dependent on application, so it's really difficult to be able to give me an answer on this one. I understand that. But what would you expect a typical return of investment would be for people that have never invested in automation that do so? So um, examples we've had in the past, I suppose, are uh, we did really, we've put three robots in a um, company in the Leicester area um, that uh, uh, made a lot of um, parts for the yellow goods industry. So there was a lot of fabrication in the workshop. There was a lot of um, machine blocks, if you like, which were a lot of holes in them, basically quite a bit of metal removal. But their, their, their return on investment was about a year. Um, so they were, they were fantastic in it, at using it and just hit the ground running. Um, and and we're able to see the benefits instantly. Um, and as you say, it, it depends, I suppose, from industry to industry. So I'm working with another uh, company at the moment, sort of a castings company I spoke to this morning. They have repeat parts that they want me to tell them the capacity of the systems and what can we get on a capacity of this component, how many parts do I get, how long can it run for, these are my cycle times, so I'm able to offer information like that to, for them to forward plan. So what we're trying to achieve is a, is a weekend running, certain amount of time running. Um, and if you do have your own products like that, it gives you the foresight and it, it enables you to plan your production a lot better um, at a predictable rate. So you're able to know what you're going to get and when you're going to get it. Um, Barring yeah, any makes- breakdowns, of course. So yeah. Sorry, yeah, Ashley. Sorry, yeah, there's another one of a customer that I talk to, Aerospace, and they're exactly the same. They have a family of about 20 parts, and we've looked at all 20 parts and um, calculated where we need to be. Yeah, I think it, 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 it does make perfect sense what you're saying there. Now, taking that into consideration... When you've introduced automation into a business for the very first time, I would assume the proof in the pudding would be if they repeat order. Do you see a trend? Yeah. Um, yes, yeah, great. It's, it's fantastic for us. So we've got multiple companies with multiple robots um, in, in the UK and Ireland. So... Um, yeah, it's, it's as you say. I mean, repeat, repeat product is is where you want to go. It shows your products. It, it's a good product. Does what it says on a tin type of thing. So, um, we've we've certainly got a lot of repeat customers. Yeah, so I suppose once they invest in their first robot, they never look back. Is what I'm trying to say. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, again, going back to Darren at iSpec, I remember when we did that case study there. Actually, we went up there together. He invested in the first robot, and then six months later, it invested in his second. I mean, is that uncommon or quite common? No, that is quite common, I believe it or not. Um, 
so it, it, it sometimes you might think it's a lot of money to spend all at once, but it really does give, as Joe pointed out earlier, some sometimes some people don't get that there's so many other hours left in the day. Um, <laughs> and as soon as you start to realise that, that is a realisation. So as, as Darren did realise that instantly and think, hang on a minute, there, there's something to be had here turning and milling, then I'm going to see where I am. So the customer that had three from us as well uh, in the Leicester area, he he must have installed them all within a year and two, three months. Um, no. So, yeah, it, it was all, it's, it's all very quick. It is, it no, is quick. Fantastic. Well, we're coming to the end of this podcast. Joe, do you have any last thoughts or questions for Martin and Ashley? Uh, no, not really. Not really. It's for me just to wrap up. I think obviously we know the market's grown. It's anticipated it would double by 2025, isn't it? So I don't see why the robo job, hydro feed, I don't, I don't see why you guys will, will be any different. You support your customers well. A lot of people, like you say, return, whether it's for a bar feed or a, or a, a, like a, one of these robot loaders. So keep up the good work. Thank you, Joe. Thanks. Martin, Ashley, any last words? Um, yeah, I th- I th- it's 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 good. The company's in a good shape. Um, we've worked hard over the past few years to create a team around us that are keen, eager, well-educated. Most of them are in their 30s, as Ashley is. The future looks good for us. We will continue to invest in this industry and um, hopefully when we get through this current predicament that we're all in, we will see the UK and the manufacturing sector grow from strength to strength and stand us in better stead on the world stage. Yeah, and I think from, from, from my point of view, there's, there's lots of other benefits from automating that we haven't actually spoken about things like multiple control uh, of, of machines through a single operator uh, and and it enables the, the, the operators actually and it's a, it, it's, it adds to the quality of their day. Um, other massive benefits are things like stock, um, enables to reduce your stock because you're able to, to react quicker to, um, to lead times and things like that, such as Darren did with uh, high spec with the NHS work. But one of the major things which I don't think we've touched on too much on is globalisation. And, and globalisation is really about our competitors are now. There's, it's not not John down the road. It's now someone in in Europe. It's someone now somewhere else in the world where the globalisation has taken that on where you're able to buy anything anywhere and get it to you fairly quickly. So if we don't remain competitive in this market, um, then we're going to fall behind. Uh, and as as a UK uh, company, and for us to, to want to keep manufacturing and keep keep our industry going, we need to remain competitive. And one of the only ways to, to achieve that is is to automate. Hmm. That's really good points, and um, I think that we need to do another podcast, and it needs to be continued for sure because we've got so much to say hmm. and not enough time to, to, to say it. Really, uh, <laughs> I think globalization and staying can. Competitive globally is absolutely key to stay alive if you want to remain not only competitive, but to stay alive, to, to keep your business going and, and keep it profitable. Um, 
to say to everyone, you know, during this challenging time for us all, to stay safe. I can't wait personally to get back on the road with you guys and start doing some case studies again at some of the companies that you've mentioned um, in this podcast. Um, I'd like to also say uh, to the listeners, if they've got any questions whatsoever, please contact us and we'll be happy to answer them to to subscribe to the podcast. And to also, if anyone's interested in automation, to go onto the MTDCNC website, you can see all of the previous content that we've produced for Hydrofeed on there. And like we mentioned, it's a perfect time to look at new products, look at new, your new solutions for your facility. Um, thank you very much, gents, for your time today. It's been an absolute <laughs> pleasure. And that's You're it welcome. Today. Uh, thank you. Um, and that's it from today's MTD podcast. Thanks for listening to the MTD podcast. If you found value in this episode, please subscribe and leave a rating and review. Find more episodes on mtdcnc.com.